twitterfear.ie Twitterfear.ie by David Ferguson Twitter late to the party yet again It was nice of your supermarket manager to offer your service to us. Oh no sir, I volunteered it was the least I could do after the incident with the rocket launcher and the terrible attempt on your life and that of your good ladies too sir. Spuddy's good ladies are sitting all silent and stiff-lipped behind Captain Spud in the body of the supermarket trolley. The gals are torn between outraged anger that apparently they are not the only firm of assassins on this particular contract, and professional embarrassment and contriteness that they'd miss an opportunity to finish their target off in all the chaos after the solar panelled roof rained down on the supermarket floor. Well, that is jolly decent of you indeed. As my old dad used to say, one volunteer trolley is worth ten depressed, coin-operated conscripts. You really don't want to know about Spuddy's dad, believe me, folks. Still, it was nice of the manager to wave us through the checkout without paying for anything, especially that Fortnum and Mason's Scotch Egg Connoisseur's hamper with eggs of all editable species of poultry and wildfowl harvested from across the far-flung corners of the British Empire. Scrummy yummy. That's right, gals. You help yourselves to a pre-party load-up. You could pass me a can of something cool, frothy and full of alcohol. I packed a few party packs of Guinness in my cooler box for just such an occasion, Spuddy. I can call you Spuddy, can't I, sir? It isn't as if the supermarket hover trolley is trying to wangle an invite to the party. But his lithium batteries are quietly throbbing with a kinship, or is it camaraderie, for the smelly carbon-based life form called Spuddy. After all, it was the hover trolley's bodywork that shielded Captain Spud from all the falling shards of the solar panelled roof of the supermarket after the rocket-powered missile was fired skywards. Spuddy leans forward in his seat and pats the top of the control box at the front of the hover vehicle. Almost like he is favouring a faithful pet dog that has just retrieved a thrown ball and dropped it at his master's feet. Of course you can, my electric laddie. I'd be utterly offended and mortified if you didn't. Spud leans back again in his seat and receives a drinks can 
from a slightly inebriated slight, who also cheekily hands the captain a plastic novelty drinking straw. No thanks, kiddo. One doesn't slurp Guinness up a straw. Not if one wants to maintain one's street cred, that is. Ziggy is resting on the hover trolley's dashboard next to the control box. The alien creature is trying to roll a three-skinner joint with three little morphed hands when he hears Captain Spud's last remark. Immediately, his stardust-coated bubble turns transparent and the true form of the silicon-based life form inside the protective bubble is revealed. Even a nanosecond of a glance at the silicon bodywork of the spider-shaped unearthly creature is most terrifying and mind-bendingly pain-inducing to any sentient brain. The eight fluid ferro-silicon legs traverse the lower hemisphere of the cosmic bubble, holding up the body which is similar to a miniature black star, sucking in all forms of light waves, past, present and future. Then the top half of the miniature black star blinks open to reveal a single bulging eyeball. The dark solar speckled pupil in the center expands slowly from a pinprick to near infinity of blackest space. The pupil's gaze is now wholly pervading, totally consuming and momentarily freezing all perceptive souls in range with a shimmer of the abyss. Finally, Ziggy's hemispherical eye winks cheekily as his cosmic bubble fades to opaqueness once more. His malign glimpse of intimidation has concluded for the present. Slight wakes from Ziggy's hypnotic trance. She roars with a very terrifying and arachnophobia induced banshee screech and tries to jump out of the trolley in panic, but luckily is held back from doing so by Captain Spud, who loses his Guinness can in the attempt. Snide's reaction to the ultra-horrific view of a naked CPU spider in all its unholy, psychotic glory is just overmuch for her. She projectile vomits a stream of regurgitated Guinness mixed with a few glasses of supermarket brand champagne, all black and bubbly, pooling in the depth of the empty front seat next to Spuddy. And then she faints and slumps forward, head first into that very same sullied bucket seat. Yucky yuck. That was over the top, Ziggy lad. I was only joshing you with the drinking straw comment. Slight recovers from her pathological horror of spiders. It is a flaw in her synthetic DNA that was overlooked by the genetic technicians at the Imperial Birthing Laboratories in her production batch. As we have seen, her sister too 
was cultured from the same blemished batch of genetically crafted assassins. Slight shrugs away from Captain Spud's restraining arm and sets about rescuing her associate from her vomit pool before Snide chances to drown. Spuddy, who has an obsessive revulsion to puke, just hands Slight a six-pack of toilet rolls and accentuates a grimace followed by a dry honk. To medicate his stomach's discomfiture, Spuddy's right hand swoops past Ziggy at the dashboard and carries off the handcrafted joint that the poor CPU spider has just finished fashioning. The captain lights up the filch smoke with his trusty zippo. As the reviving torso of Snide is pulled up from the fouled bucket seat by her sister, a gust of wind catches a dangling drool of spittle from the woman's chin and blows the sticky string of phlegm across towards Spuddy's left cheek. Yuck, that is so gross, Dar. Shh, don't. Don't interrupt me, please. Upon contact with his skin, the brave captain lets out a very embarrassing girly-girly scream. Ziggy just opens his morphed Mick Jagger lips and sticks his tongue out and blows a cheeky raspberry at his tormentor. Honour satisfied all round there, I think. But no one is watching the narrow road ahead, Da. I know, I know. What is it, Da? Can't see it. The oncoming headlamp beams are just so blinding. I think it is a tractor. Yeah, a big green one. It must be a John Deere. Look at the size of those whopping wheels. Da, it is so big, it takes up the whole width of the Kilbarry Road. How is the hover trolley going to pass it on such a narrow tree-lined lane, Da? I don't know, Dord, but I've got this nasty feeling that the hover trolley is not meant to. Did you see that, Da? On the front of the tractor? What is it? It is the hydraulic front loader arm, with a bale spike attached, which is used for lifting and loading the rolled hay bales onto a trailer. With that long pointed metal spike at the front of the tractor, it looks just like a mechanical unicorn galloping along the Kilbarry Road with its head down charging. Horn first. Yeah, very dangerous. And do you know what's worse? What's that, duh? There is no one in the cab driving the tractor. That's a rogue John Deere heading on a collision course with the supermarket trolley. Oh, duh! Quick, play the outro music before something really bad happens, please? Weird Audio Productions would like to point out that no supermarkets were hurt during the making of this surreal audio drama. European Union regulations dictate that all EU-based supermarkets, food halls, malls, and discount warehouses, in fact every place of retail commerce on European Union soil, even the lowliest of corner shops, 
must be fully covered by a comprehensive Deja Vu insurance policy. Deja Vu insurance is a very clever piece of tautology mixed with a dash of tautology. First propounded by the merchant of Venice Insurance Conglomerates PLC in 2064. And brought back to the 2020s because it is just so feckin' stupendous. When you sign up for an MOV Deja Vu policy, you have complete peace of mind, body and soul. Our service technicians will install enough 4th Dimension CCTV cameras and a 4th Dimension data tank big enough to store all the security data from the first 4 dimensions. Covering your entire business emporium lock, stock and barrel. In the event of fire, theft, terrorism, or even heaven forfeit, an act of God, there is no need to put in a claim. You just insert your manager's security code into the insurance machine, and the Deja Vu software will do the rest. The MOV machine will take your business premises back in time, to before the damaging incident occurs and pauses time, until the relevant emergency authorities are summoned to deal with the predicted crisis before it happens. A potential conflagration will be preempted by the fire brigade. Shoplifters will be arrested by the Garda before they commit the crime. Terrorists will be disarmed and neutralized by the Secret Service before their attack. And as for the last insured disaster, does God actually exist anymore? I heard rumors among the Conciencia that the deity has taken early retirement several millennia ago. Also, it is so environmentally friendly too. Well, that last one. Certainly swings it for me. Can I borrow a pen? Where do I sign? I think there's a missing bead of logic in there somewhere, don't you think, Dad? Aye, lass. To be sure. The estimated time of delivery of the next twit? Well, the Kobari Road is as long as a piece of string. Does that answer your question?